everyone, and welcome back to another gaming podcast. This time, another mini-sode. I know everyone's expecting a brand new episode of the podcast, but we will have one coming to you guys shortly, because it's something, the podcast is something uh, we're all trying to reinvigorate and get going again. And in order to do that, we have incorporated a brand new member into the podcast, one that you guys are familiar with. He's been on the show multiple times. He even had a short-lived um, spot on the show called the Mother Base Moment, and that is Alex regarding the Mother Base. He is now a permanent member of the podcast team, and with him on the team, this can hopefully help out in getting more episodes out there. Speaking of Alex returning to Mother Base, hello, he's here somewhere, I think. There he is, Alex. Hey, I brought fried chicken and beers. <laughs> nice. Well, welcome to the team, Alex. Well, thank you for having me. As uh, I think the only member of the podcast that still makes consistent YouTube videos, uh, this should be uh, relatively interesting. <laughs> it should be. <laughs> I think um, I got messages. I uh, checked my uh, Google Mails the other day, and then I don't really <laughs> check the uh, <laughs> social media tab <laughs> section of it, like the social email part. And when I opened it up, I had several messages asking if I was officially done with YouTube, if I was coming back. And I, I think I mentioned it on the podcast for, but I never mentioned it on my actual YouTube channel that I'm pretty much done. So I was thinking about making a video for it saying, hey, um, don't expect anything on here, but I think I'm just going to let it die off. But... Yeah, just the whole YouTube video thing kind of died out for me. But uh, I still enjoy talking about video games, so that's why it's awesome to get this podcast going. Yeah, and I think if anything... Yeah, I mean, I just do what I always do. But, you know, the recording of videos, and I I think Dustin said this before, it's just with life, it's a pain in the ass sometimes (laughs) to sit down, like, get the... uh, With me... I have like a chorus with between the highway and the police and everything going on. Every time I try to record, I've just given up. Just, I'm just if it's in there, it's in there. And I think I've even gotten a copyright claim once. It gives your videos caricatures. <laughs> there you go. He lives in the ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy when it just becomes so second nature to you. You don't even hear it or recognize it anymore. It's. It's insane, because that is a lot of background noise that goes on. It, it is, but you know, it's like, you're right. There are times I, I just ignore it, and then there's other times where, like, dudes are just honking the horn. I, I, I'm convinced they basically just headbutt the wheel, and they're just leaving it there until the traffic moves. I'm conv- Speaking of horn honking, I'm convinced that there is a jerk who drives by my house every night. Like, I'm literally on a, since I'm a police officer, I'm on a night shift. Uh, turn right now and around every night at around 2 a.m. this guy stops in front of my house and honks his horn and then drives away. <laughs> I mean, I live back in the woods. I'm like, who is this person who is always honking their horn in front of my house at 2 in the morning? I have no neighbor beside me. He unfortunately passed away. So I know he ain't honking at him because that guy's not answering the door. So I don't know why he's honking at my house every time he drives by. So, Because you're the only person there who can listen to him <laughs> honk the horn. It's like, what 
is this guy's problem? But anyway, we are actually doing a mini-sode today. Since we can't, we don't have all the guys together uh, for this episode, we wanted to get some content out there on the show, and we figured what better way than a mini-sode. And with the upcoming release of a certain remaster coming out, figured what better game to talk about than Final Fantasy XII. Final Fantasy XII, a game that I have very little experience with, but it's a game I know Alex has pumped a ton of hours into, and I figured it'd be cool if we talked about Final Fantasy XII and then possibly revisit doing another mini-episode after the remaster comes out, and we would do kind of like a follow-up and see if our views on the game have changed, especially you, Alex, if you don't like changes they made, or maybe they've done some amazing changes with the... I know you really want the camera fix. Uh, some combat system <laughs> stuff or something to do, or leveling up, because I think it'd be cool. I think Final Fantasy XII was one of those games that, you know, while, according to the Metacritic, the game was really well-reviewed by the top review sites. But it was one of those games through word of mouth. It was. It seemed like one of those black sheep titles, Alex. Like I didn't think people, the consumers, received it very well, but the reviewers really loved it. Well, in my case, to be totally honest, the, I actually have a story about how I bought it, but I literally did not even know it came out. I kind of just walked into a GameStop or EB Games at the time, and I just saw a poster, and I was like, oh, when does that come out? And the guy was like, uh, today. And I was like, oh, oh, well then, okay, um, sure, let me, I, like, literally, I knew nothing about it. Story, gameplay, I knew absolutely nothing. And um, you're right, as time went on, some people that I knew from Final Fantasy XI, um, when we were playing it all at the same time, you know, little by little, everybody kind of tapered off, just being like, you know, it's, you know, the argument is the game, uh, the battle system plays itself, which it kind of does, but depending on how much you want to micromanage it, it can be really deep. And that was something I really liked, but a lot of people didn't. And then the characters themselves, for the most part, I'd say 60% of them aren't really that interesting, to say the least. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but it, the game itself, it's weird though. It's because there's a lot of stuff going on. And knowing what I know now and having played more games since then, to me it seems like they just ran out of time. And they're like, we got to get this thing out, which is why they did the Zodiac job system, I guess. Okay. But uh, I, st I, I really enjoy it. Overall, I really enjoyed it. And it's one of those things where I'm like, yeah, this is wrong with it, this isn't great, this isn't great, this isn't particularly good, but it's an amazing game. <laughs> well, what we'll do here is, uh, before we get started into 12, um, go over our brief history with Final Fantasy and what led to actually us even wanting to get 12. And I know for me, it's a really short list, because um, uh, as of to date, completed Final Fantasy games, I've only completed Final Fantasy Four, um, Final Fantasy three on the DS, Final Fantasy eight have tons of hours into but didn't beat it. Final Fantasy nine I have a ton of hours into didn't beat it. I beat Final Fantasy ten 
and 13 and 13 2. That's pretty much my short lived series of or game list of games that I've beaten in the series. And around the time when Final Fantasy 12 was coming out, I remember seeing a huge uh, Game Informer spread on it. And I was really looking forward to it and getting into it. But uh, like you, Alex, I forgot it had even come out. Like, I didn't know it existed when it came out. So I never picked it up during release date, so I never got a chance to play it. So how about you? So I, I've admittedly played a lot more Final Fantasy than you. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> in terms of finished, uh, three, four, which is the only one that matters, um, six, seven, ten, twelve, thirteen, thirteen, two, lightning returns, fifteen, tactics, and oh yeah, tactics, tactics advance, added yeah. to the list. <laughs> oh no, I'm talking OG tactics for me. And Ooh. um there's one more I finished. Oh, um oh uh Chocobo Tales. <laughs> no no, uh, that is a good game though. Uh, World of Final Fantasy I finished. If ah, you, if, you, if you count the spin-off stuff. But um I would say I mean 4 is my favorite hands down. It's always been my favorite. Still holds that title and I've played every single iteration of it and I've finished every single iteration of it. Um, but I also played 11, and I played a lot of 11, uh, way too much 11. Um, and it's actually funny because when 12 came out, as I mentioned, I didn't even know it was due to release. I was so invested in 11 at that point, um, doing Endgame. But how I ended up getting Final Fantasy 12, as I mentioned, it's kind of funny, I think, at least to me. So I was at my first hotel job. Uh, right out of college. Um, and basically, I took the job not knowing what to expect. I kind of just needed money because I had student loans. Mm -hmm. And um, my boss at the time, the director of sales, she was doing some sort of promotion because the hotel was relatively new. It was only like a year old, I think, at that point. And she uh, said she wanted to do sort of like a giveaway uh, for guests who stayed at this hotel over five times throughout the year. And then on their sixth day, um, they would get an iPod, like an old school, <laughs> old school iPod. You know, like we're talking, yeah. we're talking what 2006. Uh, so we're talking like first generation, like a brick iPod. That big brick style, yeah. <laughs> so one of the so she was going to do this for like I think five guests, and one of them or two of them rather happened to book at the hotel for like a week. In advance so she gave me her corporate card and was like I need you to go to Best Buy and I need you to buy two iPods so I was like okay so I run over to Best Buy with her card go to pay for it and the guy won't accept the credit card because it has a woman's name on it so <laughs> I'm like oh okay so I call her up because I have you know baby's first cell phone you know a flip phone and I'm like hey uh, they don't want to accept the card because you know, it's not my name. So she's like, okay, can you put the guy on the phone? So she puts the manager, I put the manager on the phone. He's like, no, if you have a letter stating that he's allowed to use your card on company letterhead and all this other stuff, then he can pay for the, the iPods and he can purchase them. 
So she's like, Ugh, all right, Alex, come back to the hotel. So I go all the way back to the hotel. Uh, she already has a letter written. It says, like, you know, dear schmuck at Best Buy, blah, 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 blah. Please let my assistant purchase these two iPods, you piece of shit. Like, something like that. Like, totally, like, she wanted <laughs> nothing to do with this. So I run back with the letter. He looks at it, compares the letterhead, the business card, the credit card, all that stuff. And I buy these two iPods. And to put it in perspective, we were talking like $450 worth of iPods for back then. And, yeah. at the, and at this point, it's like, I think, 12.15 or 12.30. So I call her up, and I'm like, listen, it's like 12.15, 12.30. I'm just going to take lunch. I'll be back at the hotel at like 1.30. She's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine, whatever. So this Best Buy was across the street from an EB Games or a GameStop or whatever it was. And I had some time to kill, obviously, so I went in. And mind you, I was playing Final Fantasy XI and a little bit of WoW at the time. So... New games, game releases, other gaming kind of just disappeared because those games really consumed my life. And um, I walk in and I see this huge poster and I'm like, oh, you know, as I said, when does that come out? Final Fantasy XII. And the guy's like, uh, actually, it came out today. And I'm like, oh, oh, really? I was like, yeah, you know, I was like, you know, let, let's take a punt at it. I was like, yeah, l let me get one. He goes, oh, actually, we're sold out. I was like, oh. All right, then, oh. never, never mind then. He goes, of the vanilla version, I have the Steelbook edition. I was like, eh, whatever. Who I don't even remember how much I paid for it. I don't even know if there was a price difference. All I know is they had the Steelbook version. So I was like, yeah, what fine. What did the Steelbook have that the vanilla didn't? Well, first it was the Steelbook. Sound, soundtrack phone? It had a bonus disc here. I actually pulled this out. The manual, I think, has some extra stuff in it. No, it doesn't look like it says collector's edition on it. But then the bonus disc, I think, has like behind the scenes stuff. I never looked yeah. at it. I was only interested in the game. But the Steelbook is pretty cool. Um, and then after that, while paying for it, he's like, hey, you know, he did the, at the time, not so annoying GameStop upsell. You know, hey, why don't you get the strategy guy? I was like, yeah, let's get the strategy guy too. So I must have spent like $100 on this game I knew nothing about. <laughs> and um, I went back to work with it. And I was talking to. Um, I was talking to my friend Gina at the time, who you, you've had the pleasure of speaking to before. Oh, yeah. And um, at the time, her uh, husband was at BASIC. So she said, hey, you know, do you know anything about this game? Because she's a big Final Fantasy person, too. And I was like, no, not really. She's like, how about you come by my house after work and play it, and let's see what it looks like together. And I was like, all right, cool. So I went over there. And I think I played like the first two or three hours of the game at her house. And to be honest, we were both kind of dumbfounded. Like, we really didn't like Vaughn. Everything looked strange. Everything was huge. It was big. It was kind of big and open. And she goes, you know what this reminds me of? And she goes, it kind of reminds me of Final Fantasy XI. Like, it had an MMO feel to it. And I was like, yeah, kind of. So I went home that night. And then the next day, I was kind of regretting my purchase because I was like, this really wasn't what I was expecting. But over time, you know, playing Final Fantasy XI, you know, everybody who played that game bought twelve, And we were all playing at the same time. And one person mentioned, you know, Final Fantasy XII has this really cool system of um, marks, you know, like uh, world boss battles. Uh, yeah. And then you get different abilities and everything. And at the time, playing Endgame in Final Fantasy XI, where it was nothing but... Uh, world bosses, uh, 
Dynamis. Uh, my info is very dated, by the way. Um, <laughs> well, we called them Notorious Monsters back in my day. Um, I don't think C was available at the time, but Sky was available. Like, all this endgame, like, big boss battle content stuff. And a lot of it in Final Fantasy XI, you had to camp. You know, everything would spawn, like, once every uh, 24 to 48 hours with over a course of three to seven days. So if it died on a Monday, that doesn't mean it will spawn on Tuesday. It means it will probably spawn three days, 24 hours, three days from now. So if you didn't get it, you know, you kind of wasted three hours of your life. But this gave that instant gratification of saying like, hey, we didn't get Aspidosha alone, but there's a giant freaking turtle in Final Fantasy XII that's exactly the same thing, ironically. And we, I would just do that. And to me, it was like such a trip. And I honestly don't really remember much of the story. It was kind of boring, as I said, like nothing really happened. But I really got invested in that um, Mark system and the notor or Notorious Monster system where I literally did everything. And I even challenged myself to fight like bosses in stupid ways, like fighting the Behemoth King with nothing but guns, which took forever. Uh, and then there's even one boss that is so big and it takes so long there's a save point in the middle of it. <laughs> oh, holy crap. See, that was the thing, though, with uh, for Final Fantasy XII. For you, I figured it would be a easy transition for you since you were playing Final Fantasy XI, so you were used to the open world, to that open space dynamic. So I figured, like, it wouldn't have been as much of a shock, but I guess it kind of was a shock to you guys that it was big and open, but like Gina said, it kind of gave you that FF11 feel, and I know when I popped it in, for I played it for about two hours, my history with it was I played it for about two hours the same year they announced the remake, so what I did, <laughs> I popped it in, I popped it in, and... I wanted. I didn't want to play the PS2 version we got. I wanted to play the Zodiac System one since it had the better uh, leveling up system, so to say. You can explain what that is, Alex, when we get to that. And I wanted to play that version because they said it was simpler and easier to level up in it to do all your classes and stuff. Download it, play on my laptop, emulating it, and the Ooh. computer couldn't handle that at the time, the one I had. But then, like I said, that same week, they announced the remastered edition. So I was like, okay, well, I don't got to play this anymore because I'll just wait for the remaster. But just that little taste of what I got, I knew I was going to love this game because it is the type of combat. I like that MMO-style combat feel. That's why I really love uh, Xenoblade Chronicles. Like, just that, that action bar type of menu feel. And I know that's not what the combat system is set up for Final Fantasy XII, but having that third-person point of view, you're able to control your character, moving around the enemy, it's something I really enjoy and get into. And like you were talking about the mark system, when I found out like there's monsters, like you just go on a mission to just take down these monsters and behemoths and stuff, oh, I just, I just love that. I just love going after a target and downing it. I don't know like the rewards you get from the game. I know you said abilities. I don't know if you get gear drops as well. I don't know how the game works, but I just know I'm going to love this game when I finally get to dive into the remaster, and I'm going to be that guy 
who you were years ago in 2006, going in and just trying to do things in crazy ways and kill things in crazy ways. Do you think your Final Fantasy XI background did help you transition into this more? Or do you think that's why people maybe didn't like it as much? What were you hearing on the streets? Were people accepting 12 or do you well, think they were black sheep in it? I mean, honestly, I if you're asking for like direct uh, info, really the best source of that for me would be my link shell at the time because we were all playing it. Everybody bought it. Like I literally came home and was like, oh, I bought Final Fantasy 12 on a whim. I didn't realize it came out today. And everybody's like, really? You did? Really? Like, everybody day one did. Everybody bought the strategy guide for no reason. Everybody made the strategy guide was useless, just like the Final Fantasy XI strategy guide, which is notorious. Um, and everybody kind of just played it. And one particular guy, um, his name, I kid you not, his name was Mike Two. That was his name. And he, <laughs> his real name was Mike. And for the longest time, we all thought it was Mike L, because there was two L's at the end, or two capital I's. But he's like, no, it's actually Mike, too, because my dad's name is Mike. And we're like, oh. Oh, well, then. Nice. Okay. So he was playing it, and he was really into it himself. So we'd be, like, camping these notorious monsters, like uh, Fafnir and Nidog and Aspidoshalone and... Um, um, Nidog and Fafnir being dragons, which were my favorite things to fight. And, you know, we'd be standing around like idiots for three, four hours. And within those three to four hours, I think it was every 45 minutes, they had a 30-second window within the window to spawn. So you were basically spending an entire day or an entire afternoon um, just waiting for these things to pop. And it was on a constant rotation. So... What we would do is, you know, we'd be waiting, and they'd be like, oh, window in five seconds. Window would come up. We'd all hit the enter button repeatedly, and then it wouldn't pop, and then we would do something else. We would talk. Um, years later, I would actually play, I played a lot of Mario Strikers while doing this during Windows because those games were fast. But with Final Fantasy XI and twelve, it was cool because it was like, oh, I didn't, we didn't get Aspidoshalon, or oh, Aspid didn't pop. But I'm actually doing the Aspidoshalon mark right now, and it was the exact same fight. It had the exact same abilities. It was crazy. Like, they borrowed so much to the point where we all just start saying, Final Fantasy XII is really Final Fantasy XI single player. Because we were all into this endgame thing, fighting big bosses. And to this day, that to me is like the best thing ever. And to, it's also the best thing about Dark Souls. As much as I love those games for the atmosphere and the crazy lore, the bosses are the best part, frustration or not. They yeah. really are the best part. And with 12, you know, you could try to tank and spank stuff, or you could play keep away, or you could try kiting stuff around. You could apply any of those strategies to these boss fights. And it just, there was such a reward to it. And there was nothing worse than when a notorious monster popped, you didn't get the claim. Uh, somebody was using a, like a bot or another link shell got it, you couldn't just leave. You had to sit there and wait for the thing to die, whether they killed it fast or not, because you had to find out what the time of death was so you could come back in three to five days. Which was, thinking about it now, it's actually a giant waste of time. Uh, 
but you know, it's like it, it would pop. It's like, did we get it? No, we didn't get. It. Okay, back to back to twelve. And that's what we would do. We would sit there like we'd have another TV up, and Mike and I we would trade strategies back and forth. I'd be like, I'm having really hard times with this like uh, flying thing. And he'd be like, he'd be like, bro, just use nothing but guns. Blind it and use nothing but guns. And it was just fun like that because, just like in uh, MMO where you kind of exchange strategies on a forum. Or you watch how other teams do it today on YouTube because back then YouTube wasn't as big as it was today. Um, yeah. It would just be like, oh, what part are you up to? It's like, oh, I just fought X, Y, Z. It's like, oh, did you do this uh, mark yet? And I'm like, no. It's like, dude, do it. Trust me. You get bubble. You, you really, really need that. Trust me. You want that ability. Or decoy or something like that. You want to get that. It's like, why? Bubble, for all intents and purposes, it doubles your HP for like... I think five minutes. So for a tank, that's really good. Like a tank with a thousand HP now is two thousand. And towards the end of the game, people can get like eight thousand HP. It's ridiculous. In the game, is that what you're doing? Are you hunting the marks for abilities, or do they drop gear and stuff as well? I think I can't remember if there was gear or not. I want to say maybe there in the crest reward after you finish it. I think there was, or at least it was materials for different... No, the materials okay. I think you sold for stuff. But for me, I mean, it's not like I'll say like a Diablo where you kill things and get like loot constantly. You get titles, and the titles, if I remember right, they give you access to different abilities, which are actually really helpful. At a certain point, you don't have to do the marks anymore because you have the necessary abilities. At that point, it's all about the challenge. And I think those are the ones that give you gear. Like the ones that aren't really necessary to finish the game, I would say. Like bubble is okay. a necessary skill. Decoy is a necessary skill. Um, and then like, you know, um, maybe some sort of crazy hat. Maybe you don't need to necessarily do that mark, but they're fun. They're all fun. And some of them you eat even have crazy spawn conditions. Like, you have to wait for it to be raining. So you're, literally, you're just zoning back and forth until it starts raining. And it's, so much of that is very much Final Fantasy XI. And I think that's where we all, as a Link Show, kind of connected on it. Because we, we jokingly would say, like, oh, I'll be right back. I'm going to go play Final Fantasy XI single player. Because <laughs> we, we really wanted those... Uh, endgame battles and because of the way Final Fantasy was designed it's not like a World of Warcraft where you have an instance and then everybody gets to fight it. You know you basically had it would be you 17 other guys versus say 150 other people all standing there waiting to do the same thing that you're doing. Trying to get that first hit and if you weren't lucky enough to get it oh you're out of luck. No and it sucked. It really really sucked. <laughs> I, I can't even tell you. There was probably the worst of worst scenarios ever. Was um there was this one uh, dragon Tiamat that and I know I know for I know 22 uh, he he can relate to this too. Tiamat would spawn within an 18-hour window every I think four to seven days. And Tiamat for my link shell at the time was a very difficult battle. Because we didn't have the gear for it. We had the smarts for it, but we didn't have the gear. So we would yeah. take a lot of damage, but we could survive it if we were intelligent. So because the servers were shared with Japan, it could die at U.S. time 2 in the morning. 
it could die Japan time at two in the morning. So this okay. one particular instance, it was the summer and a majority of us were in college at the time. So we were like, you know, we stayed up late. We woke up early. We probably never woke up. We were hungover, whatever the case may be. And I kid you not, one day at 3.30 in the morning, I got a text message saying, TMAT popped. We need you to change to Paladin and get online. <laughs> at 3.30 in the morning. And my stupid ass got out of bed, <laughs> turned on the computer, and I went and I tanked TMAT for four hours waiting for people to wake up. And Tiamat rages after a certain amount of time. So the 400 damage I was taking was now 800 damage. And I was barely hanging on for dear life. And we had people playing two different characters. We had one guy playing on his PS3. And then he had, his, he had somebody else's bard on the computer. And he was literally running back and forth just to keep us alive until people woke up. So you're sitting there just kind of self-healing or getting some healing from the bar and stuff, some support for hours waiting for help to down yeah. this point. And, and mind you, there's at least another, I may be exaggerating, but it felt like 150 people standing next to me trying to lag me out while I'm getting hit in the face with molten death. And then the fun part about the fight was that at night, the undead would come out. So you had to deal with people training skeletons by you using AoEs, and when the skeleton ran through something larger than it, it would cause it to shift to the side, like, because monsters can't pass through monsters. So if Tiamat shifted in such a way and then went to attack, it would trigger an ability called Spike Flail, which is pretty much a one-hit kill no matter what you do. So we're dealing with that every half hour, which was a good, which was a good time. It was absolutely miserable. But then it's like with all this nonsense, like through all this, I would just be like, you know, what? I can go fight this in Final Fantasy XII, and not have to deal with any of this crap. Because I honestly, I didn't want any of the gear off of this thing. I just enjoyed fighting big ass monsters. Yeah. And twelve gave a constant. Uh, stream of that you know you would start with silly small monsters and then gradually they would get bigger and bigger and bigger and more difficult and you would have to employ different strategies and it was funny because a lot of the strategies from Final Fantasy 11 carried over into Final Fantasy 12. Well speaking of strategies I kind of want to talk about how this uh, the game gameplay kind of works since I only had a short-lived experience with it I was killing stuff really quickly but based on that third person aspect view of it do you recall is it one of those things where that actually comes into play you moving around characters or even if you're 30 yards away you're still going to get hit by a melee attack i mean is there any use in having control of the character or can you just stand still and attack select a spell do you recall if your movement actually comes into play during any of the battles well, the one thing about 12 that a lot of people in hindsight didn't think was all that great was the Gambit system, which, because it plays like Final Fantasy XI, again, I'll say, because, like, for instance, you have somebody who is a tank, somebody who heals, and then somebody who does damage, you can't rely, because it's active, you can't uh, do everything by yourself. So yeah. what, 
with the Gambit system, it, you were able to employ a lot of uh, what-if scenarios. So, you know, you would say, if HP below 50% cast Cure 2, if, yeah. uh, if um, Monster is not under decoy, cast decoy. And That's something a lot of games actually use now, though. Dragon Age, set your party members to do yeah. certain... So, I mean, go ahead. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, at the time, people were like, oh, it plays itself. And, I mean, if you're going to do, like, the normal battles, sure. But once you hit that, you know, the higher tier stuff, even if you have all those different probabilities, like, laid out in the system, you're constantly going into the menu, turning some off, turning some on. Like, oh, Behemoth, for instance, is immune to being blind. So why do I have, if not blind, cast blind? Your character is wasting time <laughs> just casting yeah. blind over and over again because it's not working so you're actively doing that in terms of the movement i if i remember right i think so i always i always kept myself as the tank character because i yeah. had to see what the what the monster was doing so it's like you know uh, behemoth is writing meteor it's like okay so it's like i know it's like you know switch freeze the game switch over to um princess Ash, who I always kept in my party, cast big ass cure on Bosch, and then that way, as soon as Meteor hit, he was already filled right back up, and then I have him cast decoy immediately after that, you know, and just stuff like that. But in terms of moving out of range, I think so, but I really don't remember. So it is more like an active system, though. Like you said, you're since you're out there, you're controlling your party. You can switch between party members during battle. Mm-hmm. Okay, but they are, but, but everyone's doing their thing during the fight. It's no, like, they're sitting waiting for you to give them a command. They have auto moves they're doing on themselves, or the programmed ones, correct? Yeah, and but that also comes down to the player. Like, a player can set up all these different gambits, but if none of the probabilities or none of the instances occur, they kind of just stand there. So if you have somebody oh. designated as nothing but heals... Nine out of ten times, they're just going to stand there. Uh, unless you put down, like, you know, if main party member or main leader is attacking monster, attack using, we'll say, arrow. If you don't have a gambit stating that, they're just going to stand there. Oh, okay. But the other interesting part about the battle system, to me at least, is, and you already mentioned it, was the, is the job system, because there really isn't one. It's a license board. Yeah, that thing. And um, I personally didn't mind it. I thought it was kind of cool. Like, if you thought out how you were going to do it, you could really speed up your progression and learning skills and getting gear. Like, the ability to wear a certain gear. Um, but it really is important, at least it wasn't that, to, I don't want to say think of, like, Princess Ash, for instance. Like, don't say, I'm going to make her the tank, and then I'm only going to give her tank abilities, which you can do, but you have to learn other abilities along the way. But you may, in an effort to get to, we'll say, like the next shield spec, skip over the healing stuff. So now she's a tank that can't keep herself alive. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think what they did with the Zodiac system is they allowed you to specify the specific job more in an intelligent way, as opposed to just, like, going through, okay, I'm skipping through all of the leather gear 
so that this person can be a tank, but now they have no armor to wear that will keep them alive. <laughs> so, I mean, to me, it's just like, it's fun because there really is a deep layer of strategy behind it. You just have to, you just have, to have the patience for it. Otherwise, you can watch the gameplay itself. It, if your gambits are set up in such a way, you can do that pretty easily. Is it like 13, where when you go out of battle, your health and MP replenish, or are those things you have to watch outside of battle too? You have to make sure you stay topped off and such. When you're out of battle, if I remember right, um, your HP recovers as you walk. No, I know MP okay. recovers as you walk because, because with, with the nature of the gambit system, you can't run out of MP because, again, if you have a gambit telling... Uh, telling Balthier to cast blind, he's going to keep casting blind over and over again until it sticks, and then he's out of MP. So I think it's like every two or three steps you get back one MP, if I remember right. And if I remember correctly, uh, for a short time I played it, I was seeing the enemies on the field, no random encounters, correct? Or yes. Were there... okay. you, you physically engage them in battle. Which, That's something I always appreciate now in <laughs> RPGs. Yeah, I do. You know, it's funny, though. It's like at the time, like I'm trying to remember how I felt exactly. Like I felt kind of uncomfortable playing it when initially only because I was like, this is not what I was expecting. I was Honestly, I was expecting something like tw 10 all over again. Like, and mind you, I, like, I love 10. A straight corridor with stuff on the battlefield, and then it goes into sort of a active turn-based thing, which this was not. Cause 11... See, that's what I thought a lot of people were expecting. So then when you get hit with this MMO-style thing, I think it turned a lot of people off. But reviews wouldn't show that, but that's just a vibe I would get from people. Well, it's also it was also the scope of it. I mean, they spent years building this evilese uh, world line with tactics and everything else and then they tried it with the fabuloso Nova Novatellis whatever the heck it's called Final Fantasy 13 but I, I think that I think with 12 they were very I think they were trying to be too ambitious with it um, and then they kind of learned their lesson and then they kind of I don't think they really went very ambitious with 13, for instance. Like, they really focused on getting the graphics up to snuff, and then they had info dumps in um, text files and a yeah. straight corridor. And then everybody was like, what the hell? And you think about it, it's like, okay, 10, uh, 12 was too open, 13 was too enclosed, and then we have light, uh, Final Fantasy X-2, or not X-2, sorry, uh, 13 2 yeah. Which didn't know what it wanted to do in the first place. Now you're getting monsters involved in your party. <laughs> yeah, so now it's so now it's Pokemon, which eventually yeah. became World of Final Fantasy. But I think they did a good job at that. Um, and then you get to 15, and 15 I thought looked great, but mechanically it made no sense to me. Like I would even say 15 is probably uh, I may I may get yelled at for this. It's the closest to that 12 system where you kind of just run at things, you're immediately in combat, your dudes they pretty much do specific actions and you're able to give them some vague instructions on what to do, but for the most part whatever, you know, you can uh, you control 
Oh god, I I forgot the main character's name already. Noctis. Noctis. You you yeah. control him, and you know you control the flow of bat the flow of battle from yourself. While with twelve, you could do that from. In my case, I always did from the per perspective of the tank. But you constantly are switching between characters and micromanaging within that gambit system, because certain attacks, certain instances, you don't have a gambit for. You don't have enough slots. You mm -hmm. don't have you know. You know, if tank dies, cast raise. Maybe you don't have that one. Or something like, you know, if uh, poison, cast uh, poisona or use antidote. Maybe you don't have the, the slots or the probability schemes for that, so you have to micromanage it. Well, that was one of the things was that you said people were sometimes arguing that Final Fantasy XII can play itself. That's the way I felt with 15. Like, I thought that game was just auto-playing itself, which is why I kind of stopped and got bored with it. Might catch some flack for that, but, I mean, that's what it felt like to me when playing that game. Big, open, beautiful world, but I just felt like I wasn't a part of it. Um, I don't know if that's the experience you got with it when you were playing, because I know you completed it, but Fantasy Fantasy Twelve, I didn't get that feeling at all when I played the little bit I played. I think, I actually tried to think about this. With 15, I thought 15 was ambitious in a different way. It was ambitious and they were like, it's going to be open world. It's going to have all this. It's going to have constant updates. It's going to have a likable cast. It's going to have a car. It's uh, the car you can go anywhere. You, the car can eventually fly if you take the time to figure it out. Like All these things. And it came together, and I played through it, and I finished it, and I thought it was good, but I was like, this game's a mess. Like, it has a huge identity crisis. It doesn't know what it wants to do. It's like, they're like, let's take all the best ideas we have for the series, let's put them in a bucket, let's shake it, and then let's dump it out onto a disc. Because I honestly, at the end of it, I was like, I, was, I, I enjoy the ending, I enjoyed the characters. That was my favorite part. Which is funny, because with 12, the characters to me are kind of boring, but the world itself, you know, there's a lot of open spaces, but every space to me felt unique. And the music fit the tone and everything else. Even though it wasn't open world, everything was an instant zone because of limitations. So where do you have it kind of ranking under Final Fantasy of this? Have you thought about that at all? Oh. Is it up there in your top five? or? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I'm one of the people who really enjoyed 13, so... Me, yeah, I'm one of those weirdos, too. I love 13 and 13, too, so... Did you play Lightning Returns? Lightning Returns, I put a couple hours into it, and the... I gotta admit, Alex, the, the time system where you only have a certain amount of time to do things, I hate that, and knowing that I had that on me, that burden... I did not want to go through with it. <laughs> I uh, I finished that game out of spite, <laughs> to be told. <laughs> so what happened was, with me at least, um, I was at the, I forgot what it was. I was off work that day, or I had the flu or something. And um, when Katie left for work, I was playing 13. And I was like, uh, thir Lightning Returns. And I'm like, I'm going to finish this today. And she was like, oh, okay. And then she came home that night, and... I was still playing it, 
And she's like, oh, you didn't go for the final boss? I was like, this is my 100th attempt. And she's like, what? I'm like, you, I'm like, you don't understand. I don't have enough time. I can't go back and level up. I am stuck here. If I don't beat him, I can't beat the game. Uh, and that's what I didn't... Uh, it's so irritating. So I, it, when I finally finished it, I... I it was just like when I finished Dark Souls 2, I dropped to my knees. I was like, I was exhausted. I wasted the whole day. I felt worse. I called out sick the next day, too, because I didn't even <laughs> sleep. Oh, it was, man. It was so bad. But with 12, taking it back to that, I think the only, I think the real reason why it ranks so high for me is just because of the time that I spent not necessarily the game itself. It's just the time that I spent playing it. Like, 4 is my favorite. Um, by far. Actually, you know what? While I'm mad, let me rank these things. Let me think. 4 is number 1. Hands down. Oh, man. Exclusive. AGP exclusive here, folks. <laughs> We're getting a ranking. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'd say 10 is, like, number 4. Number 3... Hmm. Actually, I think uh, I don't know. Seven, I think, is five for me. Put seven and five. Okay. Uh, hmm. tactics is number three for me, hands down. I'd say, and I'd say six is number two. Okay. And then, which really makes uh, which really makes twelve like a fourth or sixth place, I guess. It's definitely my top ten, but it's really just because of the experience I had with it. It's nothing that I would say the game did per se, but I, I don't know. There's something, it's weird about it. It's, there's something weird. It's like, you know, one of those, I don't want to say bad games or a bad game because it's not a bad game. It's just one of those things where you're like, I really enjoyed this and I totally understand if you don't like it. <laughs> that's really yeah. the best, that's really the best way I can put it. But even after all the hours you pumped into it, you're still I'm excited. buying a remaster, and you're ready to go back into it, eh? I was one of those people that when they were like, you know, Square has a secret announcement, I'm like, oh, it's either going to be a mobile game or the Final Fantasy XII HD remaster. And everybody's like, oh, no, please, they would never remake that. That was a waste of time. That would be a waste of time. And then finally they called everybody's shit and actually announced one. And I, I was like, yes! Yes! <laughs> and everybody's like, no, no, what about Kingdom Hearts 3? And I'm like, it's not. It's never happening. It's just never happening. Well, we're we're in 2017 now. It's been what 11 years since its initial release. Nobody knows what uh, happened we, anyway. <laughs> we've seen a lot more kind of RPGs in this kind of style and format now. How are you thinking? I think it's going to be received a lot better this time around. Like again, I know it was well reviewed, but. Like I don't think that people enjoyed it as much, but I think, I think it'll that kind of system is going to do better now with the heavy open world type of system we kind of got in games these days, anyways, and that kind of third person actiony feel. I don't know. I think people are gonna, and we got the new uh, Zodiac system we finally get over here, and who knows whatever other changes they made in it. Maybe there's even more changes. Well, if anything, Where... if anything, they have to fix the audio, because 
it was recorded. I like literally they took Campbell's soup cans and just recorded into those because everything is very <laughs> everything is very tinny. Um, but you know it's it's and funny the camera you issue. That. Yeah, Alex, yeah. Alex needs a camera. Um, yeah, I don't think the listeners would realize. Uh, before this podcast, I popped in my PS2 version just to see which save data I had. Still, I only have the one from my second playthrough of the game, which is like hour 50. And I decided to go into a battle, and it's the Japanese uh, camera style where when you hit right, you go left instead. So the camera was spinning all over the place, and I had no <laughs> idea what was happening. But, <laughs> and I was literally, oh, I, was, was I was right before, like, the Behemoth King, too. So it was even worse. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, like, how, how was that, like... Going back and opening an old save file is always is a really cool thing to me. So, you said you found something like at a fifty-hour mark. How did it feel going back into it after all these years? Did it start clicking right away, other than the camera, or? Uh, the, the, no. Uh, <laughs> the, first off, the game looks like shit. Uh, it. <laughs> It could be the fact that I have my PS2 hooked up to an HD TV, but with all the up-resing nonsense I have going on on this TV, it doesn't help. It did not, it did not help it at all. I tried changing the aspect ratio to 4x3. I, I tried to sit all the way back on the couch. I tried to like stand in the doorway to the bathroom. Nothing helped the resolution. It still looked like crap. But um, And then the camera thing. But it responded well. You know, like, I went to the menu system, I remembered, like, all the gambits, like, all the gambits that I normally use that were activated, stuff like that. Like, I remembered who had what abilities, because I honestly, I looked at the characters, and um, I kind of just arbitrarily decided what they were going to do. Like, uh, Fran, I, des I was like, Fran looks like a black mage, so she's going to be my casty person. Balthier, that bunny? Yeah, that's Who's the bunny, the bunny girl. Here first? Okay. <laughs> I was like, then Pinello, who's like Bond's childhood friend, I'm like, she's going to be like the thiefy one. And then Bosch, who is the first character you meet in the game, and it's funny because he was originally supposed to be the leading person, and they felt like he was too strong of an individual, so they recast him. Which is funny because his opening is pretty big. Like, it's a big deal. And then it's, you find out it's not about him at all. But uh, I decided, I was like, he's going to be my damage dealer. So the other cool part about it, which I remember, like, I was looking at all the weapons I had. I was actively changing weapons on the characters based on the situation. Because each weapon has different attributes to it. So, like, with katanas, katanas have high combo potential. So, for instance, if I could compare it to anything, it's like a random chance to attack twice, a random chance to attack three times. So, yeah. looking at the gambits I had set, you know, my party was Vaughn, Pinello, and Bosch. I was like, okay, so Vaughn is basically there just to, just to pick up the slack. Pinello, um, Ash was my tank, and Bosch was my damage dealer. So, I went to a fight, and sure enough, Bow starts, Penella casts Decoy, she runs right at the thing, um, I'm sorry, Ash casts Decoy, she runs right at whatever mob I attacked. And then Vaughn casts Haste, and he casts Berserk on Bosch, and then Bosch ran at the enemy, and then did like a 30-hit combo. <laughs> and then it just oh. fell. 
That's the thing. Katanas are deadly. They are so... But it's not the best weapon in the game. The best weapon in the game is the Zodiac Spear. But, um... It's just stuff like... like to, to, you could do anything with that system, which is what made it so much fun for me. But I, I kind of agree with you when you say it'll be better received this time. Because it's when you said that, it made me think about it. If I can compare this game to any recent title... And this is a reach, and I know it's a reach... It reminds me a lot of Xenoblade Chronicles. Yeah. That's what it reminds Not Chronicles X. I... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Like, the first Xenoblade, um, just the menu bar system, you got your other party members running around, doing, you can set them up what you want them to do to help you out. Um, yeah, I agree. No rhyme time, but... Yeah, rhyme time. Yeah. <laughs> But it's right. uh, bunch of jokers. Um, but yeah, no, it's like I could see maybe they probably borrowed a lot from that. And I think gamers today, you know, going into this Gambit system, it was something totally new. But now having played like, you know, Dragon Age, like you said, Xenoblade. Um, hell, I would even put uh, 13 on there to an extent with yeah. uh, Paragon shifting or Paradigm yeah. shifting, whatever it was called. Like, I, I think the system makes a lot more sense now. And I think, you know, we've reached that point where MMOs went into more of a spotlight. So folks are much more accustomed to these open-world concepts, which is funny because for as long as I played MMOs, if the world is too big, I don't get into it anymore for some reason. Now, I know something Final Fantasy XII did when I was playing it is, uh, yes, it is big and kind of feels kind of open, but it's kind of like you, I think you kind of mentioned it in a way. It is like it's got a bunch of walls, like you have to walk through for loading screens to make it feel open, correct? Like it's not like this huge open space. I remember being in a town, walking through the barrier to get outside, loading screen. Then to further extend the planes outside, walk through the loading screen. Is that how it did kind of go, or am I misremembering what I did? No, no, you're perfect. You know, you got that perfectly right. And that <laughs> was what was with Final Fantasy XI, too. Because when that was released, that game, as much as I love it, it was ultimately always held back by the PS2 because they were supporting it. And even though there was a hard drive expansion, it was different from the PC version because the PC you can constantly expand and update. The PS2, it's like once it hits the limit, it hits the limit. So they had to use a lot of zones. They couldn't have these huge open world expanses and they had to re reuse a lot of assets for monsters too. But towards the end of it, they got really creative. But I could definitely see where if they have this huge uh, ambitious game, and somebody were to come out and say, listen, get this, get this turkey out. We need this out for Christmas. That's the quick and dirty way to do it because they already had experience doing that with Eleven. Yeah. And there's no way on earth I think they had redone it to where that's not the case now. No, <laughs> but, I don't. Uh, could you imagine like, if they were able to do that? Though? That'd be pretty crazy. In a way, I guess they did it with 15, but um, like they finally did it. Yeah, but, but with, with the system, it would have been awesome. 
Yeah, but with 15, everything was big, and you spent 20 minutes in a car just going from point A to B because you were too cheap to pay for fast travel. <laughs> but, you, but you see, that's where my whole problem with open world is. If it's too big, then it, it looks like you're compensating for something, in my opinion. I mean, 15 looks great, and then you have these huge areas and you can explore, but it's... You can only run past how many hills and mountains and dune trails and all this other stuff before it's just ultimately the same thing. And that, yeah, and that is the thing with like this loading or instant based type of moving along is once you load into a next screen, I mean, you're in the meat of it still. I mean, there's probably a battle right in front of you. You got to do so. That's what's pretty cool about it. Yeah, it's it's all ne it's all necessary content, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. And uh, I imagine that the PS4 will load things a lot quicker than back in the day. So <laughs> the loading issue. The loading wasn't that bad from when I played it this morning. There was a lot of it, but it wasn't that bad. It was like maybe five seconds. But if All you're right. zone, if you're going through multiple zones, that's five seconds times how many? Now, were you experiencing, do you remember any slowdown a lot? Well, I was playing on the PC through emulator, that uh, the newer version. Um, I do own two physical U.S. copies for uh, I catch any flack from anyone. But uh, when I was playing it, just because the PC back then I was playing on, I was getting slowdown. How about actually on the PS2 version? Were you getting any? Because there's a lot going on in some of those battles that I see. I don't remember, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um, particularly with like the spell effects, like fire and stuff. Like I could definitely, I could definitely see slowdown on that because I I honestly don't remember. Although Probably, I like summon summons and stuff in the game too, like. Classic Final Fantasy, Summon of Beasts or something to help you. Yeah, they're all useless. Uh, <laughs> hey, I just got to see it once, man, if it's got an awesome little cutscene. The special abilities, like your limit break thing, I can't remember what it was called. It was like this weird combo system, and it didn't make any sense. I can't remember what they called it. Um, but basically, it would be like, it would like, like, you would have to have so many people with maxed out MP, and then it was like, Balthier would like extend his hand and he'd be like, hoo -hoo! and then a bunch of stuff would shoot out. And then it's like if you hit the square button at the right time, then Bosch would like pound his chest and then fire would shoot out of his face or something. It made no sense. And it was this like overly grandiose, like it, just, it, it there was no context whatsoever. It wasn't even cool. It was a pain in the ass to even activate it. Like there was no incentive to doing so, in my opinion. But. I mean, I really think they spent, to me, honestly, I think if we're going to talk about summons and stuff, my, I mean, seven, huge, eight, huge, nine, huge, yeah. 10, I think they did something really fun with it, but then 12, I think they kind of tried to get away from that, and they tried to, like, and that's really where the series became a bit more, I don't want, it wasn't really sci-fi, it was more steampunky. Which is something I I always enjoyed. Like I I honestly don't miss chains. That's what it's called. I pulled out the book. So and it's called a quickening. Quickening. <laughs> a quickening. And okay. you want to make miss chains with miss charges. 
See, it makes no sense. On top of the Zodiac system with the Gambit system, and the, <laughs> there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on, but it's a, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like with 13 and this whole sci-fi thing that they kind of took, it just, it's not that I don't like it. It's just like, I, I like 4, so I'm biased, even though 4 has some sci-fi elements in it. But predominantly, it's medieval fantasy. And steampunk, I, I can get behind because it still has some of that. Like, you know, it's like, ooh, airships. You know, we know today something like that couldn't exist, but with steampunk, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, how about something we uh, something we didn't touch on yet? I know you said that the sound sounds like everything was coming through tin cans, but how about the music? Because you know, Final Fantasy always has that standout music. Uh, was twelve a success in that point as far as sound? <laughs> Honestly, other than the opening theme, um, I don't remember much of it. Oh wow. That's and I can always like normally there's certain songs I I always pick out but I really don't remember much of it. Um, well, that'll be good because when the remaster it'll be like an all new awakening again for you the music. Well, that's like, the oh I remember. That's the other part of it for me with the remaster that I'm excited because I haven't played it so like ten I remember a lot about it, and even when I oh, yeah. even when I replayed it so Katie could see it and I'm like see this is why I enjoy it I remembered a lot. 12, it's like I remember the boss fights, and I remember the gambits, and and the just like gear layouts I did, but I don't remember much in terms of music or anything else. It's very strange. It's like, you would think for somebody who enjoyed this game as much as I do, I would remember more about it. Well, it's like the uh, with Final Fantasy X, it had a better story, and so, since you're more involved in the story... A lot of the music is happening during those key cutscenes and stuff, too. Xanarchan and all that stuff. I mean, they just stand out and pop, and they add to the story. So, like you said, with twelve, if you're not really into the story as much, yeah, I mean, you're just kind of going by, so you're not really caring. It's kind of like Star Wars, <laughs> from what I remember. For some reason, I remember thinking, "Remind me of Star Wars." I don't know why. Um, yeah, I don't remember if. Nobuo Uematsu did the music. I know he did it for 12. I mean, uh, 10. And I think he did some of it for 11. Because 11, to me, for me, and I'm biased, has a lot of iconic music to me. But I attribute, I attribute that to, like, areas and everything else. Well, I guess uh, you already shared a, uh, that fun story with your paladin battling for four hours. Do you have any other... Uh, Final Fantasy twelve story you'd like to share before we wrap this mini sewed up. With twelve or eleven? Twelve. Hmm. Got any twelve ones? Cause I know you got a bunch of good eleven stories. <laughs> but since that'll be a mini sewed for another day, we could go to your eleven adventures. <laughs> I think hmm. I think probably like the most fun I had in that game was when I went to go fight the Behemoth King for the first time. I was like, I couldn't beat him. And I was like, oh man, like I was looking up walkthroughs and somebody put a link to a YouTube video. And this is old school YouTube. Like we're talking like 240p, like everything is blurry. Everything is underwater. And I'm looking at the hand camera, pointing at the television. (laughs) 
you hear people screaming in the background. It's like, you know, God, let's go. Stop playing the game. What's the camera do? It was like, it was a mess. And you couldn't see anything. I'm like, I had to like put the video wide screen, uh, full screen. I'm like, have my face pressed up against my old monitor. I'm trying to figure out what gambits he's using. And I, it was painful. Like, I'm like, okay. And then I heard like a poof. And I'm like, okay, he's using guns. Okay. Guns are good. Guns are good. And I was like, let me try fighting the Behemoth King with nothing but guns. Maybe that'll help. <laughs> and it took hours. It took hours to beat this guy with nothing but guns. But it was also, I would say, it was stressful. Like, some of those fights were really stressful, at least back then, because, I mean, I honestly think over time, like, I've gotten better at games, but not like... Like, I can't play, like, Dark Souls or even uh, Neo and just run in and fight a boss and kill it on the first try most of the time. But I'm better at analyzing patterns, I think, than when I was a kid. And I have a lot more patience. Except at the end, like, the last 10% because I choke. Um, but with that, it was, like, constantly just, like, you know, firing, pulling out gambits, changing in new gambits, micromanaging... Pausing the game to take it to like breathe <laughs> because it was it it took me I think three hours. It literally oh, one fight. It took me three hours at least. Well, I want to know about this uh, save point fight too. Like, is there how long did that actually take? I think if I remember right, he has something to the tune of like a million or ten million HP. And it's it's a dragon, and dragons are like my favorite things to play. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it, honestly, it wasn't really. I wouldn't say at that point I was pretty powerful. It wasn't really difficult, just as much as it was long. But there are a few abilities where you're like, you have to prepare yourself for like all the micromanaging you're gonna have to do to make sure nobody dies, and then you're gonna have to keep switching people in and out based on the situation. So it's like it's long. But it doesn't feel long because you're constantly doing something. It's not like sitting around and just waiting for stuff to happen, as it were. And I know you had mentioned this uh, right when the remaster was first announced and we were kind of talking about it. You're like, there's no way you're going to put in the time you put into the first one. No. <laughs> to this... No. Now, no. if there are going to be some trophies for killing certain enemies, though, you think you're going to go trophy hunting for them? Or you're just going to kind of play through this, get to the end game, beat it, maybe get some marks. How do you think you're going to go about it? Here, here's the problem. It's going to suck you in, watch. It's going to be like, come yeah. like, use your guns and defeat me again. <laughs> That's the problem. That's the problem. See, the problem is I would love to. But three things deter me. One, I, I don't have the free time in my life to spend that much time sitting in front of a screen anymore, unfortunately. Two, you know, if you, if you keep up with the videos on the YouTube, I got a lot of games I got to play. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it, and it's funny, too, because sometimes I'm like, like when I replayed like Metal Gear Solid 3, uh, the, remat, the HD remaster a few years back, 
you know, I talked about it, and I was like, yeah, I replayed this. And I was, like, thinking about it. I'm like, I could have played something I haven't played before and gotten that out of the backlog. But no, I decided to replay something I've played 12 times. <laughs> but it's good. It's good. I I want to say I probably won't. But I guarantee you, like, I'll, depending on which mark it is, I may be like, eh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Behemoth King I have to do. I, I kind of want to do the Behemoth King again. I think I think this time it wouldn't be as painful. And the 12, 12 is one of those games, um, 11, online MMO, uh, 14, Final Fantasy, MMO. But I always got the vibe from a game like 12. It could, it could be just a, it doesn't have to be an MMO. But I could have seen it as, like, you could do it co-op. Like a like fantasy star? Yeah, like, it could be a fantasy star type co-op game where you, you could just get online and help a friend out, like Behemoth King. Like, you can get a party together. <laughs> Sorry for technical difficulties, folks. We almost made it through the whole episode without uh, something. I'm going wrong, but we'll kind of wrap it up real quick. As I was talking about before it cut out on us, I could always see a game like 12 kind of using a like a system where you can have more, like you mentioned, the Fantasy Star, where you can just go in before the mission, the mission starts. Uh, I think White Knight Chronicles 2 and White Knight Chronicles 3 kind of did it really good, especially number two. If there's just a big boss mission you're going to go do, you party up, it starts a mission, you go fight the boss. Bada bing, bada boom, it was done. And, and I could just see that being really fun to do in a game like a Final Fantasy XII or in Xenoblade, like Chronicles X is out and I'm playing through it right now trying to finish it up. A game from, seems like ages ago now that <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people put X down, but I that know. has a multiplayer system in place. It's just really complicated to figure it out, and I haven't figured it out yet how to really team up as a party. But I always like taking down big monsters with friends. It's always been a thing that I like to do. That's why I love World of Warcraft and MMOs. You with Final Fantasy XI, it's taking down a huge monster with a friend is a pretty good feeling. So it always would have been cool if a game like a Final Fantasy could implement more. But still have the single player aspect to it where it's not a focus it's not an online game but you can co-op if you want that's why i think white knight chronicles if no one's played it i know a lot of people don't like it as much um and me myself I yet, but i think it does a great i think they i think they canceled the online for that actually they did it's <laughs> all in the gutter now <laughs> yeah i mean i i, I agree I mean, I think they, I mean, honestly, they were trying to cash in on Monster Hunter when they did Final Fantasy uh, Explorers, and it really is just Monster Hunter, but... Which, I'm cutting down on saw. Speaking of, since a guy in Alex who likes to hunt down big bad things doesn't like Monster Hunter, still trying to wrap my brain around that one, but... 
I, I don't, I honestly don't know. Like everybody, all my friends say it. Like one of my friends who I, I played Final Fantasy 11 with, he, he jokes about it. He's like, this is the game that you're supposed to like. And he like, he sent like a, a picture of Monster Hunter Generations. He's like, you're supposed to like this. You're, su yeah. why don't you like, I'm like, I don't know. I was like, I like Ragnarok Odyssey. He's like, that game is ass compared to this one. It's like I like Final Fantasy Explorers. He's like that game is horrible compared to. Why don't you like this? And I've tried every I single Monster Hunter, and it just it doesn't click with me. I don't know why. You know what it is? I think um because from the little I've played Explorers and I play Ragnarok Odyssey too, in Monster Hunter, it can it can take like forty five minutes to kill something sometime, and not having a health bar to see what's going on and having to chase it around to a different screen, it can be kind of annoying sometimes. Yeah, and, and it's the funny combat too. system isn't the greatest. It's just a hack and slash type thing, so I can understand. But you know, when you watch high level Monster Hunter gameplay, like I've watched videos of like Pro Jared playing it, and yeah. he obviously knows what he's doing. I'm like, man, this looks like so much fun. And then I pick it up and you know, I'm like this is horrible. <laughs> and it's, I, I honestly think... just don't get it. I'm like, I really, I want to like it. It just never clicks. And it's the same thing with Xenoblade Chronicles X. Um, I was like, all right, this battle system is inherently kind of the same as Xenoblade Chronicles. And I really enjoyed that game. But X, I'm like, I can't, nothing about it just draws me in. It's a, that's another episode, but yeah, the story isn't like, don't have that main character, it's, don't have that main character lead like a shoulder in them in that game so kind of takes away from it but i think but yeah I, I think to your point i think 12 if there was like a co-op like to fight marks and stuff like even if it was just like two like generically skinned characters that would be really really cool especially on some of those mark fights i think that would add an extra layer of strategy i think that'd be really fun won't happen but no it won't happen <laughs> it won't happen too much money. Well, what we'll do from here is uh, that kind of wraps up our or Alice's reliving of the game since I haven't really played it much. Uh, but I was interested in getting his point of view and getting it out there and seeing what the game has to offer, what we can expect for this remaster. So what we plan on doing from here, like I said, me and Alex are both getting the remastered version. I'm, I'm going to try to do a lot of stuff the game like i really took my time with mass effect andromeda just now trying to do everything i could in that and uh when we get into an actual official episode of another gaming podcast i can go into kind of just my style this year i've been really doing just older stuff and time sinking into a lot of games that i'm enjoying so uh i see myself doing that with 12. so the episode will come eventually of us revisiting the remaster uh, unless we deem it not worthy, we might just cover it on another episode. But I think we'd be able to. I think we'd be able to squeeze out another mini episode or so, maybe about forty-five minutes long, just recovering the remaster and what we did in it. I'd picture me taking a little bit longer to do it than Alex, just because I might try to do a lot more in it. So it could be November before you hear back. From <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you're back on this remaster episode. We'll see if it draws you in. I was going to say, if it draws you in. I mean, honestly, too, I think probably 
if they were able to do it the way that they did 10, where it was like, say, PS3 and Vita, I think that would be amazing. Oh, uh, if it had a Vita version, oh my goodness, would be great. I mean, the the 10 remaster looked great on the Vita, and I I mean, maybe may I don't know if maybe 12 would be too tech. I mean, let's be honest, the Vita is on its way out. It's been on its way out very very slowly for like the past year and a half, but. Uh, a, a switch port. Oh man. Oh, that would be ridiculous. <laughs> that would that. I mean, Square doesn't like. No, Nintendo doesn't like money, so they would never allow it. But um, <laughs> I that would be ridiculous. That would be. I mean, honestly, I think the Switch is the best portable right now, by by far. It beats the Vita, and the Vita is already, I already think is an excellent piece of hardware. But if this was if they made a Vita port for this, I would double dip again. If it had cross save, yeah. easy. Me too. I definitely it'd be a game I. It's something I do want to experience on the big screen here, but being able to have it on the go, oh man, would've been so nice. I'm sure. Okay, you got your remote play stuff. I'm sure you're gonna be able to do it, but it doesn't beat having that nice, clean physical cartridge image inside of your Vita or download. I don't care. I was gonna say my Wi-Fi isn't good enough for uh, remote play anyway. So, but yeah, we'll plan on revisiting it and uh, getting our thoughts on the remaster. And hey, if uh, Dustin or Chance uh, end up getting it, I think Dustin said he might be getting the game. Uh, heck, even he can come on the minisode and he can talk about it. Whoever has it, so leave your comments or any questions. Maybe there's a a challenge you want Alex to do in the remaster, just to mess with them, uh, leave it in the comments below and force them to do the challenge. <laughs> if anyone has fond memories of 12 themselves, go ahead and share Share your thoughts on 12 or your hype on the uh, remaster if you're getting it or not. But Alex, I think that about does, man. I think we're good. I think so. I think we're better than good. I think we've been doing this for a bit. <laughs> yeah, the minisode kind of turned into almost an hour and a half full-on episodes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for an official episode soon. Later. Toodles. Toodles.